Welcome to Genius Leadership, Overcoming Everything podcast. Join me every week for insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their roller coaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. I'm your host, Anna Liebel. Let's take this ride together. Welcome back, Genius Leader. Today, we're going to talk equality. I know this topic is talked a lot about, and maybe people are tired of it because it seems to be important, but confusing and so on. And I think that today's conversation with my guest, Gunnar Resting, can open your eyes to a bit of a different ways how to work on gender equality in your company. So Gunnar is engagement manager at the IT consultancy in Sweden that's called Netlight. Well, he is in Stockholm, but the consultancy is international. And I met him through a blog post that he's written called 26% of the company shall not do 100% of the quality work. And in that article, he is talking about the initiative called Purple Pill, which is the men-only events about gender equality. And we talk in the interview about how that got to be, why is it men-only, and what does this initiative actually create for the company, for the employees, for the culture within the organization. I really love this approach that people should understand the value of this work and that everyone should be engaged because in the end, it's a win-win-win. And you'll hear me going on a rage about why I so deeply believe in gender equality work and how I almost feel that I want it more for the sake of men than women. This might be very upsetting for people to hear, but I believe that men would win a lot from the gender equal society and culture at work. So just a bit about the, uh, the conversation that I had with Gunnar. I like how we discuss how he got to be engaged in the questions like equality, be gender or on other backgrounds. That was the travels. For him, the travels really were an eye-opening experience that helped him understand how privileged he was and how he was taking some things for granted. And that helped him find motivation to start doing some work and engaging in the questions that felt close to his heart and important for him. And we also discussed the other initiatives that they at Netlight have been doing and in collaboration with the other consultancies in Sweden. And we go through a lot of practical tips on how you can engage yourself in the gender equality topic more, both at work, at home, at your dinner table with friends or at the bar. And we give some resources as well that I put in the show notes that can help you start those conversations and discuss those tricky, uncomfortable questions with, for example, your male friends while you're grilling. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation and it will spark some, some thoughts and give you inspiration and give you also practical tips that will help you get going with this work or continue going if you're already doing it, but give you a new spark of energy. Enjoy and let me know what you think. So Gunnar, welcome to Genius Leadership. Thanks a lot. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for our conversation because I have no clue when it will turn <laughs> turn us, but I really love the topic why I invite or the focus why I invited you. And I'm really looking forward to sharing what you're doing at NetLight with others. But to start with, I would like to ask the intro question that I'm asking every of my guests. What is leadership to you and who is a leader? What is leadership to me? That's a great question. To me, I'd say thinking about leadership is most interesting in the context of collaboration like how are we doing things together how can we do things together in a way that is positive that is either if it's like towards working a goal or if we're focusing on the process like but it's leadership is interesting in the context of collaboration you know because i'm really thinking that the best you know the best it's a classic but the rest best results are achieved when we work together you know that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, you know, all of these classical sayings. And so I think that the role of a leader, or I don't want to get stuck in it like a leader, because I'd rather talk about leadership, because I think it's more about how to create a space where 
where you where collaboration is thriving you know we can do things together when you create the intention of doing something together which sends you in the right direction and often that is inclusive in the sense that you will need the different parts to be a part of the decision making and be active in driving the let's say change that you want to achieve so for me uh, leadership is about creating that dynamic and you know uh, making people actively and enthusiastically engage in uh, what you want to do that's how i think about the leadership at, at least one aspect that that is the closest to mind to me you know, how you do things together in a good way that that is a red thread for uh, all the guests and our all conversations that i had so far in this uh, on this show and i really like it how it actually taps into leadership as serving the people whom you're leading it's not about mm kind of being the the one who points with the whole hand and saying that's how we're going to do it's really about finding the opportunities to collaborate and and find the synergies and it's really something that a lot of leaders who admire me and who inspire me have in common so maybe it's a, a bit of a bias here that i just invite those kind of leadership <laughs> leaders who inspire me but i'm yet to meet a person who is really saying that leadership is something else than mm-hmm. getting people together. I wanted to to add on to that, you know, because I, I really liked your your phrasing of the leader rather being an, some kind of enabler or it's more of a creating a space where people can be their best mm-hmm. rather than telling them what's best. I mean, only from my perspective, you know, you, uh, in in my daily life in my work life, I work in the, the you know, the Swedish Stockholm tech in a we're like highly innovative environment and you know i'm generalizing but you know we have you know cross-functional teams and different competences and this really complicated goals and targets and and problems that we try to to work with you know and all of that is good reasoning you know you need different relevant perspectives i mean most people would say that yeah that's a good idea but if you can't really you know extract all of those good things, the innate good things in all of these people contributing with their best, then you're not gonna achieve what you were aiming for with with these ideas. So it's really about you know to make everyone compete with their best, like contribute. Yeah, contribute with their best self and with all that they they can, like and to make them engage. Uh, I mentioned it before, but you know to, to actively be a part of the decision making. Mm-hmm. I think that's really when things are starting to happening. You know that it's not this one leader again that's doing the decision making, but that everybody's doing it. That it's up on the table. And I, I think the most classic uh, example, or the, I think that the people most people can what people think about, and which I think is a great study, is the the Google study. We can perhaps we can link to it. I think it's interesting. Project Aristotle, when they looked at you know what makes efficient teams, we're not going to go into details here, but just that aspect of what they call psychological safety, that you know all the different members feel that they can ask questions and you know come up with ideas and not get you know shut down or not afraid of you know trying. Literally, that that's, that's important. To create this feeling as well so there's a lot of different aspects of it obviously but i like that the, that way of thinking about it it's very important and i actually talk about psychological safety quite often and mm. uh, with the coaching style of leadership which involves this getting people on board uh, just today before this interview i was uh, on a call with one of my clients and we discussed it uh, he was like how can i be a better leader in that way mm. and we were playing around with the different conversations he might have or has had to see how can actually, instead of giving answers to people, how how can he create or help others find their answers? Because this is the way to get people on board, right? This is the way to really get people buy-in into the mission and the vision of the company or your personal as a leader. That's the way to inspire people and to keep them with you for a long time and really find the synergies if you find their passion that actually fits in the vision and the mission of the company that's the best way it's a win-win so and you are doing something very interesting in that light about to get people on board better and it's you as you mentioned you're working in a tech environment which classically still means man-dominated and you have paid attention to one of the problems with that and 
created a purple pill. Can you talk about the history behind it? Yeah, of course. Exactly. As you said, I work in the in the tech industry. And the tech industry is still heavily uh, like male dominated, you know, and that comes with certain culture, biases and norms, you know, whether we want it or not. And if we're trying to be attentive and, and challenge them, you know, they're they're there and they're all around. So I just thought that, you know, it's 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 really nothing new, you know, like gender equality. Why is that important? I mean, first off, I'm really interested and in, in obviously it's important with every different aspect of equality. But uh, for example, this project, we're focusing on gender equality because it's also obviously like a big obvious factor in our world. So it's bound to be effective to uh, address it, you know, to, to create change. You know? And there's this obvious moral aspect of, you know, being a driver of, of positive change. And you want to be like a role model, you know, you have your personal incentives and motivation. But it's actually also like absolutely business critical to, you know, uh, attract and retain top talent and to create the best products, et cetera. Like you really need everyone. And, you know, so, so it's, it's really important, I'd say, in, in a lot of different aspects to, to work with these issues in our industry, you know, and historically, I mean, well before my time at NetLight, the, the company has a history of, of addressing these issues and trying to, trying to create change both in the company, but also in the industry here in Stockholm, which to me is really inspiring. And then if we're narrowing down on this initiative that I will tell you more about, like when reflecting on how we were working with these things, we, we realized that his, historically most of these initiatives have been like led and driven and initiated by the women at our company. Mm. And I go, I think that is people can recognize that if they, uh, if they think about how it, how it looks in their workplace, that it's, you know, it's, it's a natural thing. You're, you're the one who is, you're the one in need of change, you know, so you, you'll be the one trying to change it, but that's really unfair because it's, you, you already have to fight against the, the current of the, of the culture. And then you have to take that extra responsibility and you have to be an overachiever to, to prove yourself. And you have to be a role model for the few women that are actually in the company. You know, so there's so many things that's, that's wrong, you know, since we're all benefiting from having this, you know, equality branded company or allowed to be able to attract and retain the top talent and being this great company. So out of that notion, a bit simplified, we really realized that we have to, you know, do something and create focus on the fact that we all need to be a part of, you know, fighting for, for uh, equality and in this case, gender equality at our company, but also, you know, it trickles down to our lives, I guess. Mm -hmm. So about three years ago, uh, three and a half years ago, we initiated a project which we called, as you mentioned, the, the purple pill, which is like an overarching strategic initiative to make men more engaged in our gender equality work. And the name, just to sort it out, because I guess people would be wondering, it's the short version is it's a wordplay of the matrix metaphor, you know, where where Neo gets the choice to take the pill, what the color now was, like I can't remember, but, you know, to either if he wants to see the truth and see the world for what it is, or he wants to live in denial and, you know, not reflect. Look, And, and I, I like that metaphor because it resonates with me personally as well, very strongly, because, you know, I, I try to be short, like by me growing up, I was fortunate in a lot of, of ways, traveling a lot and having all the all the good things in life that, that came with the yeah with my upbringing and, and the luck I had and, and you know to me what became quite obvious like the privilege the that I had you know and you know once you realize that and see how the world what it looks like and how it works like it you can't really turn that off after that you know when you when you realize that so what what I, actually brought you to this realization or seeing your privilege was it the travels I, or? Yeah, I, I think it was like the, there's a lot of complex, a lot of factors, obviously, and it builds over time. And, you know, looking back, I can, I can see a lot of it more, you know, but I think it, for me, it was really the, the travels, you know, when you were traveling mm -hmm. to different parts and living in different parts of the world, it was not developed, but the people didn't have the same opportunities as me. You know, I, I came as a white, rich man, et cetera. And, and, you know, consumed my way around the world, et cetera, and to, to experience things, you know, and, and people are, are struggling like that. That, that was like one of the obvious 
moments, so to say. You know, but either way, so that's why I like the the, the purple pill metaphor because it's like you, you choose to see the truth and how the world how the world is, and so we'll be building on that. And yeah, we we try um, more or less to you know focus on getting everyone involved in this in this work, saying like well, not letting twenty five percent of the company do one hundred percent of the work. Uh, I love that motto. That, that's that's how I found you. Reading an interview about the initiative, and with that phrase stuck with me. Really, it's mm. so true and it's so obvious, but it's just so easy to somehow miss it. Yeah. And I really love that you are doing this work and you're spreading the word about it. Like, and, and I'm grateful that you came to the show now to to share it. And and I really hope that you, you guys, genius leaders, listening to us will find some inspiration from this story and we'll dig into the uh, details now how the guys are doing it at NetLight and what exactly you can do, what are their learnings, but take it from from this conversation. 25% of people should not work and do the 100% of, of the work. This is so powerful and I'm really grateful that you came up with that. So tell us more in the details, what does the purple pill mean? As I mentioned, it's the... It's the, in, in the overarching intention to make everyone contribute. So and there, there will be a lot of, you know, different, it's a modern word, perhaps some value streams <laughs> into, you know, <laughs> making that happen. You know, everything from communicating so people engage more in challenge and can be more supportive. And, but we also try to make, you know, concrete things. And, and, and one thing I want to share with you, because I think it's a strong, concrete thing that I, I, I've also been doing with some clients and we're trying to spread it here in Stockholm and, Please reach out to me too if you want to know more. But you know, one thing we were realizing was that you know, when if, if I had like an evening time development module where we you know invited everyone who wanted to be a part of a gender equality molecule, it was me, perhaps two other guys at the office, and then thirty women, you know, and you know, the, the usual suspects who were actually already leaning into this kind of conversation, you know. And we were talking around a lot, and we we got the notion that a lot of the men around us were, they were really interested in the topic, but they were just afraid to lean in. You know, they had, they were scared to be wrong or to, we have a Swedish expression, to to stomp on somebody's toes. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think step on the toes you're saying. You know, et cetera. So we experimented a lot, but what we, what we do now is that we invite men only to these lunch workshops and it's lunchtime. So it's easy and convenient and it's something nice. And we talk about gender equality and inclusive leadership, you know, because with having men only, they lower the thresholds for for joining for a lot of people, and you know, everybody is beginner in in this in this content. So that's really interesting. And what we do is that we we put gender equality in a in a high level general context and in a net light context, and we talk about the connection to inclusive leadership, which. I want to do as well after this because that I think that's a good bridge to how we started this conversation. And then we just you know share stories, we share perspectives because everybody you know when we check in you know people you know, the stories just come flowing up. You know it doesn't matter who it is. Like there's a lot of stories there. You know, and then we just talk, listen, reflect, learn, and it's really powerful. the The goal is to you know there's a lot of value in just the meeting itself. You know, because that really opens up and people get more attentive, you know, and there's a heightened sense of awareness of the norms and biases that we have that are prevalent, you know, but also, you know, we leave with concrete tips and a toolbox, so to speak, for how to to react or rather maybe act also in certain situations. And, and you know, and, and often people leave like as purple pill or ambassadors, so to speak, mm -hmm. and we, you know, we spread the network. And so it's really... Uh, an interesting concept where actually something uh, concrete comes out of it. And it's, it's really, it's really great. It makes the, the, the concepts available for a lot of more men than it would have been uh, otherwise. So it's a great way of spreading the word towards men. I want to point out or kind of stop a bit longer yeah. on a couple of things here, how you lower the threshold. And as you said, 25% of people should not do the 100% of work. But that meant that what, what you have noticed, that 75% out of them, quite a lot were actually interested and wanted to learn more, become better, but they were afraid. Mm -hmm. And what you're creating here, it's a bit exclusive in a way, right? But that is the way 
to come to the inclusion for real. So guys, I really want you to take it with you. It's it's important to look at, okay, if I want to bring more people to the table, whichever way, equality, we're talking whether it's some other kind of equality, uh, gender equality, whether it's real functional diversity, <laughs> which we're going to talk about more on this show, whatever it is, whatever aspect you take, if you see that someone is not on board, take them aside and help them to come to the level of the others at the table. That's what I do quite often with the, the team coaching that I'm doing or team development, where I facilitate the conversations, but then I notice that someone is not on the same page. Mm. That means that I put more effort. I take those people one-to-one, I book the meetings, and I really try to help them to understand what others are talking about. And I don't need to do it in the front of the others because that will be maybe felt humiliating. It might threaten their feeling of psychological safety even, right? Because Mm. they're already feeling that they are worse in some way, maybe, or slower or whatever in this room. So bringing it up publicly can make it even worse. So I think what you are doing is a really great example of how to get to that same page with everyone whatever kind of situation you're talking about with a team. Take those people who are not on the same page and put some extra effort into getting them on that level that the others are having. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, you're completely right. And in the beginning that you stressed a really important point, you know, because we also, you know, we have some people and and a lot of women like asking, oh, so what are they doing in these meetings? You know, is it exclusive? Why am I not invited? So, you know, so there's, this is not the silver bullets. And we try to be as open as possible in our communication and factors about like, this is, this is not it. This is not the answer. This is not the only thing. Like we need to have this conversation with you guys, <laughs> you know, because that's the real sharing of perspectives. Like this is just one aspect of the plethora of important things that needs to be done in order to engage properly in this conversation. But it's an important stepping stone for many. So we deem it relevant to, you know, it's, it's not optimal to talk about gender equality only with men and do that one time, you know, but but for if that's what it takes for some people to engage more and then to be able to flower and it, that's that's great, right? So this is one of the, the things we do. And we always also have a lot of events where we are, you know, cross <laughs> cross uh, spreading or cross pollinate, pollinating <laughs> people etc of course you know so that's a, that's a really good point mm. yeah. i wanted to also ask you for a bit of a concrete examples what kind of things did you discuss that you said that there are a lot of stories that the guys who are attending are having a lot of things to share uh, so mm. can you give us a couple of examples of those things that people might have walking around wondering or i don't know not being sure about what what they should do or what, how they would act or react in the perfect case and how do you discuss those things it can be we usually have like we divide into to smaller groups for it to be uh you know most of you have experienced that you can be more honest and open it's a more especially a small scale group you know and and sharing becomes easier when do like a round of check-ins just so everyone can speak and you open up you you know people bring their intentions and you feel the energies in the in the conversation we usually invite people to share something like either why they're there or what they think about gender equality or a situation recently that got them to think about these aspects or something. And, you know, then it can be anything from, you know, I, I, I have a, a girlfriend or a sister and I realize, you know, coming to think about this thing. So they're very interested. I need to understand more or, you know, I got bullied in school for these things or, you know, the classic locker room talk, I feel uncomfortable with my group of friends and, you know, we, we don't know how to get out of it or, you know, there happened this situation at the client today, you know, my, my female CEO is, is doing this and that and the other is reacting like this and it's all different kinds of stories, you know, and people have a lot of them, which is great. And then we, you know, we, we, build up on that and pick it up and let the conversation, you know, leads us where, where, where it comes. And that's usually, you know, boom, the whole hour is, is gone <laughs> like that mm-hmm. simplified. But, but we also do, you know, if we stagnate or we want to go in a certain direction, or if you have a certain theme, for example, we also have, you know, I've been talking a lot with a lot of female colleagues about, about this, obviously about what we do and the concepts. And we have, and and I've asked them to share, you know, their experience that they wanted, you know, to, when they have been thinking about, you know, you know, in this situation, I felt 
extra vulnerable or mm-hmm. I would appreciate if someone spoke up or something. It could be in our world again, for example, in a in a planning meeting with a team and you know they come with ideas and people don't listen or they don't get the chance to speak up or people are even throwing derogatory comments to their ideas or mm-hmm. all of these different situations where you can feel that or even you know, that when somebody felt that feel insecure about sexual harassment at, uh, at some place, you know, there could be so many things that are happening in a day-to-day lives uh, in our world. So that that also gives that you know that aspect of it really happening. You know, it's it's real talk, it's real stories. You know, and that to, from people they know, even though it's anonymous, obviously, you know, it's that also makes a strong impression, and it, it really shows in all clarity how how it really is you know so we try to to dig into that and see how would one uh, act or react or support or or work work with that and here again i want to point out the very smart thing that you're doing that you are giving the word to both sides but you are actually the mediator in between so you give the space for women to share your female colleagues to share what is going on for them and how they experience the workplace or the clients that you're working with or they're working with but and then you share those stories but you do it anonymously right and at the same time you take those stories you bring them without the name so for the men in your organization it's easier to discuss them because they don't you kind of get some of the emotional aspect out of it there is still some emotion, which is very important for people to really buy into the idea and really get it landed. But this kind of, if it's, it would be me sitting in front of you and telling you, Gunnar, here's the situation that I've experienced in our workplace. And I would be talking about some other male colleague who is at the table at the moment. That would create a lot of tension and that might close that person up or I would not be able to share just because this person is sitting at the table. But you being this mediator makes it so much more powerful because it helps sharing for both sides. So this is a really great idea that you genius leaders can take into your workplace or into your family as well. And as you said, Gunnar, in, in the circle of your friends. And here, I don't know whether you've been ever using this Kilmidag initiative. Yeah. So I'll yeah. just say it, it, it's a Swedish initiative. I need to double check um, whether they have the English version, but I think so. And I'll definitely put the link in the show notes. So Kill Me Dag is the kind of the boy dinner, if you translate it, boy guy's dinner. And there, there are a lot of scenarios or discussions. What kind of questions can you bring up with your male friends when you're hanging out? Because quite often it also happens that in the company, we're all so, so much into gender equality and so on. But when it comes to some grilling party or going to sauna together and so on, those locker rooms, the discussions are on a totally different level. And this initiative is really bringing you some structure that you can bring to your friends and say, hey, guys, I would like to discuss those questions with you. And really start creating the change that way, really yeah. lowering the threshold because you're already given the structure, you're given some suggestions, and then you just start discussing. And as you said, Gunnar, often, more often than not, people already have some doubts. They have some thoughts, the observations or feeling that, okay, here I might have done in, in a suboptimal way and so on, but they just don't have the space to share it. And they can't come to their female partner, for example, at home and say, hey, this is a situation because they might feel judged. Right. Right. So you're creating those spaces and there are a lot of ways of doing it. And as I said, I'll share the link in the show notes and just take the suggestions that Gunnar is given here and take them with you. So, yeah, I'm really happy. And thank you for for being one of the examples of how can it be, how you can actually do it. Uh, You wanted to mention a bit more of different or other ways of how you're doing the work with the Purple Pill. Right. Uh, no, so I think what I wanted to address also was the connection to our the beginning of inclusive our leadership. conversation with the inclusive leadership aspect. You know, I was obviously touching that kind of uh, description of leadership to me in the beginning, but here we frame it because I I deem it to be, if not the most important, it's up there of the like important leadership traits for the for the future. You know, in a more and more complex and global world and we work more and more together you know it's exactly going to be that quality to make sure that everybody feels included and to see all of these different perspectives and see all of these different people you know and and lift lift everybody up into the same space i think that's that's going to be the most important thing to to create a successful 
team or a project or however you want to frame it. And that's why we call it inclusive leadership because it's such an obvious connection here to, for, for me in the tech industry, this is one of the, the, the bigger, you know, there's a lot of, as we said, there's a lot of different aspects and issues of this, but a, a huge and very normal one or like a rather prevalent one is this with the different of the of the sexes right and so you have to be able to handle situations like this and talk about this and and move towards making a a better space for you and others around you and that's that's how i think about inclusive leadership and that's how we like add that on to the uh, gender equality topic in these meetings and it's also a simple trick to get more men <laughs> involved to talk about leadership, <laughs> like a trait. <laughs> but it makes perfect sense in this context, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's great how you're connecting the dots. Have you ever had any resistance from any of your employees or maybe customers, men, for example, that, that say like, what the hell? Why should I spend my time on that? Or even women, maybe, who say, who are you to drive this question? That's that's a great question. I, I actually, to be honest, I still haven't met a man who didn't think this was a good initiative or thought that this was a good thing or a good experience or that it's an important topic. Maybe they're hiding somewhere in, in the corners. I haven't met them yet, and that's probably the truth. But you know, not not any open resistance towards this, which I love. The the other question is a bit more tricky one. You know, because I, I think we have, as I, as I, as I mentioned, I think I have a big responsibility to be acting from my position of privilege and to address these things and, you know, try to be a, a driver of positive change when it comes to these questions. But I also think that, you know, in the bigger, you know, feministic project, so to speak, the role of, of men, you know, the, the best way for us to support the feministic project is to be uh, supportive, I think. I, you know, I, we have to understand that men are a part of the feministic project, or or how you want to frame it. But you know, we're not the most important one. It's the women that are, you know, it's the women that are in center. So, I think the task for me as a pro-feminist male is to make the concepts of feminism understandable for other men, you know, and facilitate and you know pull them up. And, and bring it to the table and make sure people understand that it's a important and a positive thing and put it in the right direction. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be the, you know, it, it's not about me, you know, I, I, it is about me in some context, but, you know, you, you, you hear what I'm trying to, yeah. to say, you know, so I, I try to, sometimes I get those vibes, like, don't stand there on stage and talk about uh, feminism and yay, we men are talking equality, you know, it's, it's not about you. So, and I can I can totally understand that, and I just want to emphasize that you know that's it's not my at least not my in, intention. It is to to support the the good cause. Does that yeah. make sense? Absolutely, and I, I I think it's important to bring it up because it is way out of comfort zone. I can imagine standing there <laughs> yeah. and talking about this question, and especially if you are in a room where everyone is represented, the man uh, can be like. Are you a feminist? What? <laughs> and and kind of lower the, your value in their eyes, maybe. And then the, men, the women, just as you said, they would be like, why are you taking our attention and our spotlight away from us? It's our question. So it is a very sensitive topic. And you have to have the courage and to be brave to actually step up and say, hey, I need to speak up here because I'm part of the solution. I used to be and probably still am part of the problem. So I want to be part of the solution. I don't want to sit here and wait until you ladies fix it. So it's, right. it's very important to, to bring up these discussions, I think, because we are all, it's again about the inclusive. To be truly inclusive, you need to include everyone in this work. And it's not comfortable. It can be uncomfortable for both sides and usually is. But getting through this pain, it's really paying off. And it is a growth pain because you're developing as a person, you're developing as a society and the work environment and work culture. It's growth pain and it's so worth experiencing it and actually getting through it. And it's again, when you are feeling that pain and then you get the result, you appreciate the result so much more and you stick with it and you really are engaged in it so much more than if you were just getting it served on a silver platter. 
like, here you go. We're now equal. Yeah. I actually came up with two, while you were talking, I came remembered two parts and I want to bring those stories, a bit of anecdotal stories as examples, because gender equality is not only about women being suppressed in some way. It's also about men not having the space. And I always want to emphasize that I'm a feminist as well. And for me, it's about men getting as much space as women in some other areas where they're not allowed at the moment. For example, mm. I used to work in Sweden and you've had parental leave for ages now. I think it's since the 80s or so that it's it's been practiced. And generally, Sweden has a very generous maternity, like parental leave, right? And it has quite some time now for, for men, for fathers to take time off with their kids. And it's quite a common practice in most of the organizations that they take that time, they use it. And even though that is common practice in one of the organizations where I worked at some point, uh, there was some question like, oh, where is Kale? Now I'm coming up with a name. And then one of the engineers who is, who was in his close to sixties, let's say he said it like, ah, yeah, Kali's home changing diapers with this kind of making the face. That is the judgment that is also against the equality. Me having my daughter who's two years old and seeing how much my husband has put in effort in like being a father, a very present father for her, how the bonding has been created in those crucial first times of, of her life, how he has been developing as a person by being a present father. That's the beautiful process. And by not being a, a gender equal society, we're taking this growth opportunity and those beautiful experiences away from the, the men. And it's so important to think about this part of the equation as well. It's not only about women losing something and not having some opportunities. It's about the man just as much. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. There's definitely a lot of stereotypes and norms uh, that are toxic when it comes to, to male culture as well. Like, I think everybody agrees on that. We're also very limited yeah, in, in the roles we get <laughs> and, and the roles we take. Yeah. in in society in our lives yeah and also totally personality good. how guys are brought up to be strong and not to not ask for help and not to express their feelings mm -hmm. and okay i don't have yes, a sir. scientific proof proof for that but most suicides are done by men right i could imagine easily that it comes from them not having the space and not having the permission throughout their lives to express their feelings and uh, talking about the stereotypes, the other anecdotal story I wanted to bring up is actually about the stereotypes of what a feminism or who a feminist is. I did at some point a project with Ukrainian youth, like young journalists and activists, who, mm -hmm. and the topic was about the gender equality. The first, type, first part of the project was some of them coming from Ukraine to Sweden, and we had a program with a lot of uh, meetings for them and like lectures and workshops with different um, professions that can actually help them understand better the area and the topic. And the second part was a conference in Ukraine. And there we had around 60 people over two days. Again, speakers, uh, lectures, panel discussions and workshops. And my partner uh, in that project found like, some volunteers, some school school kids who would be uh, like registering people at the entrance, showing them around the venue, giving them the uh, goodie bag and those kind of things. And one of them at some point, like, hey, I read the program now because we had a poster with the whole program for the two days. And she's like, are you a feminist? And she looked at me like, she was really scared of that. And I was like, uh, yes. And she's like, don't tell me you're a feminist. <laughs> and she was scared about that because from the discussion, how we like when we discussed it further, I realized that for her, feminist is some kind of angry woman. It's a bit of those pussy ride girls or, I don't know, someone who is like throwing off her T-shirt and just running around bare-breasted and really screaming at the guys and, and those kind of things. And I was like, do you believe that you have just as many rights as this other volunteer who was the guy? And she's like, obviously. Like, do you think you have the right to go to the school, the same school as he? She's like, yeah. So I was like, to me, you're a feminist as well. And that was shocking to her. It was totally shocking to her. But that's, again, those conversations that we need to take. And sometimes it's important to take them in with some sense of humor and turn it and not go in defense and say, hey, like you're offending me now at the moment and, and those kind of things, even though it's, it's a painful topic, right? 
as I said, for me, it hurts to see this inequality for both. As I said, for me, it's painful to see the man being suppressed as well. And even though I have those emotions, it's important to kind of have some distance and sometimes say, hey, let's have a bit of a funny discussion about it and maybe give some funny examples or stuff like that and not just push in, in an aggressive way. And really, we need to step-by-step step be changing that perspective and definition of what feminism is about. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's obviously we all come from different backgrounds, or different stories, different upbringings. You know, it's you can't really blame someone who's if if the person never got the chance to, you know, experience or reflect or think about it in in such ways or have been you know their mind has been secluded somehow by you know other oppressive thoughts like yeah you know where I'm getting like it's it's really hard to to say to someone. You know, or, or, or yeah, I think that's that would be a, a trap, you know, to to think that you know better than everybody else. But as you say, I think that pretty much everyone would agree that it's a good thing and it's a good intention to work towards creating a more equal society, and that we have, uh, you know, a moral obligation to make sure that everybody can have equal opportunities and have the same basic human rights. Etc. So, and, and the way to to get there would different would be different for different people. You know, some people just haven't thought about it in a certain way, and you know, sometimes you can come closer with humor, and sometimes it's I don't. You're right. Tell me, Gunnar, you know, how how are the results, or what what kind of results do you see at the company, and maybe with your clients, thanks to the initiatives, including the Purple Pill. Yeah. So we see, you know, a a, a general, a generally more focus. On these questions, like it's talked about more, you know, the, the obvious effect of us highlighting these initiatives and more and more people being involved is that, you know, it, it's it's just more in focus, which is great. So it's a greater general engagement in discussions, etc. People, it's, it's it's a more open climate to share stories and to be vulnerable, and we, you know, and rethinking, you know, our roles a little bit. But it's. A, I also want to say like, it's a constant. You can't really lean back and say that this is something that's done and it's not like a goal we're reaching for, but it's really a process uh, like most things in this. But we, we, we definitely see more and more people leaning into these topics and we're kind of uh, leveling out on how much we do this. Like, uh, And one stupid example would be, for example, me leading most of these lunches historically, but now it really becomes more and more and more dynamic, like organic growth. And, you know, we, it's happening in all the different offices we have around Europe. And, you know, it, it's it's really growing the concept. So that's cool. Mm. But I'd say what it really results in is kind of an increased sense of responsibility and you know for everyone to to understand their responsibility and a heightened sense like it and also a pride as a, like a pride mm-hmm. for participating and contributing that is that is really strong to me to really see people being proud of being part of this you know and that in turn as you said like it, it's just a increased sense of community in that way that we more share this view like and and that it's a heightened sense of that we see each other, you know, as, as real people, et cetera. Yeah. And then there's different nuances of this, of course, but I said that there's a heightened sense of community around this topic. So, so in the company. What kind of future do you see for, for the Purple Pill initiative or maybe you have something else in the pipeline? I, you know, we, we're continuing working to scale now uh, internally. So our goal is for everyone, obviously, to attain these kind of workshops and, you know, make them flourish in any kind of way. And, you know, our, our, our company is very much driven by a belief in the individual and that individuals take ownership and drive. So like, it's, it's not, once again, it's not like we said with leadership. It's not, this is not me. You know, I'm just one part of, of facilitating uh, a culture where this is generally happening, you know, everywhere where people start these conversations and engage and, you know, take responsibility for each other and, you know, are interested in each other. So hopefully we, that can grow, you know, with, with a lot of different concepts and can be, you know, celebrating or, you know, deep diving or in coaching. And, you know, we have this fused into our mentorships program and on our onboarding programs. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really present in a lot of ways and that, that's going to continue to grow, but, What's really interesting is, 
we can also spread it outside of our company, obviously, to inspire and help other people to start or just, you know, ignite the spark in a lot of different places and in you know, pretty much anywhere, I guess, would be would be our benefits. And there's some of these initiatives coming up. I know there's already some equality, gender equality, tech related networks in the city that we are help driving with like over 150 companies that is mm. attached to it. And we're going to push these kinds of events out there. It's called Tech Ec. I can, I, we can perhaps send that yeah. link as well. And, you know, so there's a lot of things happening that we, we try to not push, but support, I'd say, you know, to make a healthy organical growth mm. out also in, in, in other places. And I would love to see that happen. That's great. <laughs> I usually summarize with one question, but now I'm adding the second one as well, based <laughs> on the feedback that I'm getting from our listeners. So the first one is, what would be your three tips of advice uh, or pieces of advice for the genius leaders who are listening to us to be the genius leaders that they can be? How to be, how to be the genius leader? Oh my God, what a question. But that's great. So building on, like adding on to what we've been talking about, it's really to be present with the people around you, to be very, I say, very open and transparent and really like try to see the different people that you have around you that you're supposed to work with. You know, stakeholders is a really boring world for, <laughs> word for, <laughs> for this context. It's, it's not like that. See the humans and the people you have around you, but you're supposed to, you know, that, that is important in person and really try to together come up with what's, uh, what's important and to have an open discussion and continuously evaluate and, and, and iterate maybe that brings me to another point like have an open like a not a boring word but feedback you know mm -hmm. continuously talk about what's important to you like how are we doing how are we feeling what is important should we reevaluate re uh, what we're doing if you have the time to do that that's you know you can continually be present enough to take the right decisions in that moment you know and adding to that when you created that that culture, you know, then just, you know, trust the individuals to, to the extent that they feel confident to make the right choices. Because as a leader, <laughs> once again, mm -hmm. yeah, the leader, like you will not always, like you're not going to be the closest to every decision. You're not going to have all the information. Like you can, if you have a, if you have a high level coordinating role and you have like a traditional leader, like that's fine. Like you, you're part of creating an intention and setting a direction and, and, you know, structuring the project or the mission etc but like you're not going to be the one closest to all the decisions but you know so so trust the individuals that are closest to take the right decisions because if you have this if you have this culture and you have you have this this setup then they will be able to you know take charge and take lead and ownership when they are engaged and present for every decision and then you can make you know this kind of sense and respond leadership style which is so much more powerful and effective, it leads to much bigger results than you could ever predict or controlled, you know, because when you set these frameworks, the structures up, then you're bound to be as best as what you predicted, you know, and people are not going to be engaged and they're not going to be able to take the right decisions. But, you know, I'm obviously starting a whole new big topic about leadership, but okay. So what did I say? Trust the individual, be present. Uh, and give feedback a lot yeah. and, you know, try to really work with this inclusive leadership mm. style that we've been talking about. Mm. I really believe that. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Last question based on the feedback from talking about feedback, <laughs> based on the feedback I'm getting is one action step that uh, our listeners can take already today in the topic that we've discussed. For example, the gender mm. equality. What can they do? Invite, let's say in the work context now, invite mm. colleagues that you're not usually always talking to with a very friendly invitation, perhaps even talk to them, to a lunch meeting where you have the intention of talking about important stuff. You can name the header real talk with a heart or something. And then you just say that my intention is to, to you know, talk about important topics or, you know, however you want to frame it. If you have an intention, if you have a direction or something, especially important. It could be gender equality, for example. And then, you know, especially in these digital times, a lot of people experience uh, a distance not only physical but emotional and uh, you know this kind of invitation i think would you know it makes a lot of sense to create a, a stronger community and stronger relationships in this in this time and age so 
mm-hmm. really recommend that because that would get a lot of interesting conversations going and a lot of different ideas and probably a lot of bonding. And you're going to realize a lot of things about the people around you that you didn't know from before. Genius leaders, uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you regarding your action step. Of what kind of people did you invite? What topics did you discuss? And what, ha- what has been the response and your learning? Just let us know because that's also part for us to our way of learning more. And now we're getting the geographical spread of, of this idea and this initiative. And we would like you to be part of it. And just hop on, hop on board. To summarize a bit, we talked about how travels, for example, one of the ways to open your eyes and, and, and see the perspective, see your own situation from a different angle. How Gunnar, for example, experienced that he, he has a privilege in his life and then he started leveraging on that to help the others to get those same privileges in the long term. I think it's also important to remember that not always you will see the results of, of that work of yours directly, instantly. So you need to be patient. And just remember that this is part of your legacy. You are just building your legacy one step at a time. We also talked about the exclusivity uh, as a way, as one of the ways to the inclusive world and inclusive culture. So remember that sometimes you do need to take some people aside and, and have an extra conversation with them to bring them back to the table so that everyone can be on board. And I really like the tips that uh, Gunnar has given to really be present and curious about the people around you and really curious about their differences, their differences between themselves and between you and them. And then keep the feedback loop short. Just give it and ask for it all the time. It's, it's a process and you need to, to have that response time all the time so that you actually can progress in a healthy way. And last one, have trust. Have trust in your people. So this concludes the episode with Kuna Risting from Netlight. And thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Thanks, Gunnar. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you want to hear more insightful conversations about leadership, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your colleagues, friends, and communities. Do you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on topics or guests? I'm happy to connect with you. You will mostly find me on LinkedIn, but also on Facebook and Instagram. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it is my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything.